You are the missing voice. In this installment of The Grind to Find, I'll share perspective on the value of your unique voice, how Yah affirmed your value, nine tips for powerful storytelling, skills effective storytellers possess, and so much more as we define this grind right now. again on another Friday family and welcome to the grind to find Terrell and Michelle here certified spiritual mindset coach and professional ghostwriter helping prospective authors take their manuscripts from paused to published and I do this by presenting concepts that empower writers to define their grind that writing process unapologetically on their own terms topics here identify internal disconnects simplify misaligned mindset moments, and capture clarity so a blueprint can be created that magnifies your greatness and captivates your readers. Ooh, I get so passionate about storytelling. (laughs) For those of you who know the professional ghostwriter side of me, you know that I can get kind of emotionally involved (laughs) with projects that my clients have because, you know, As I've said many times on here before, and you'll hear me say it many times moving forward, it's that we're all walking stories. We are people not only navigating the journey of our life, and and, and that's intersecting with the lives of friends and families and colleagues and that kind of thing, you know, but as individuals, as we go about this journey, as we're evolving, as we're growing, as we're making our mistakes, as we're um, exploring the different facets of who we are, th- those those different corridors of our being that we are able to tap into, tap out of. Some doors we open and we're like, yay, and other doors we like, we close and we don't want anything to be bothered with. And then God will come and say, well, wait a minute, I want you to go in there. But anyway, look, I'm squirreling. It's too early in the episode to start squirreling, taroling but I'm back. But anyway, (laughs) y'all got to bear with me. I'm hyped this Friday, just in case you couldn't hear it. But anyway, like I was saying, you know, going through that journey and exploring all the different things that we're exploring simultaneously, we are living out the story of our life. And we don't think about it when we're in the midst of it, but that's one of the amazing things that I love. One of the many amazing things that I love about being a mindset coach and being a coach when it comes to ghostwriting and and storytelling in so many different ways. Because since I have my podcast, I've also worked with folks with their podcasts and crafting their content. Podcasting is another way in which we're living out an aspect, a story of our life. And I won't say for everyone because different podcasts have different subject matter. Um, I'm referring to the ones where the podcast is an extension of the individual and something that they're teaching either from a practical knowledge out in the world professionally or most of it being based on life experience navigating the stories of our lives and me being able to support folks in doing that oh man it's just a man it's just a high on top of a high on top of a high so today (laughs) as you uh got to hear a little bit in that intro i'm going to be diving into 
first, I think, well, yeah, okay. I think I'm gonna go with our unique value, our voice, and how that voice has been affirmed through y'all already. And the reason why I wanna start there before I even get to the tips that I'm going to share and some of the skill sets for, for storytelling, I wanna talk about the value piece because if you're listening to this and you've been on the, the fence about telling your story or maybe you've already begun doing some writing but you haven't gotten to the space where you're ready to complete that thing and, and just birth it, get it out of your hands, get it to the editors, get it to, uh, whoever your publishing company may be, if you're self-publishing, maybe at some point in this beginning stage, there's the stop, the red light that keeps coming up. You don't even get to the yellow because that's too close to the green. So you stay in the area of the red. A lot of that in my experience can be tied to some fearing what their voice may be and how different that voice can end up being from any other voice that they've heard before, okay? And, or read before, I'm saying heard, but yeah, heard because a lot of us are into the audio thing. I'm always talking about speaking here and I do a little bit of both. Every now and then, cause I'm old school, I like to have a book in my hand where I can turn the pages. I can have my glass of wine in one hand and turn the page and every now and then I might wanna make some marks or some highlights or yeah, you know, I, I, I still like to have something physical. But then if I'm doing things where I want to keep my hands free, I appreciate audio. So whatever your vein may be, right? At the end of the day, I want you to leave this episode knowing that the best thing that can happen to people out in the world, in the atmosphere that are going to experience your work is that it's fresh, that it's a different tone, that it's a different cadence, that it's a different feel, an altogether different vibe, an altogether different environment, atmosphere, whatever word you could put to it. That is such a unique gift. And it's a blessing to those who have heard everything in whatever way they've heard it. But then you come with a completely and totally different take, a fresher take. What makes it fresh is that it's unique, that that person can really connect to and get that something special that they need. Now, on the conversation of that uniqueness, that special thing, that, that different thing, I wanna say this before I get into talking about some specifics when it comes to value, and you already know, I'm gonna add some spiritual context to this because that is what I do. All right, <laughs> but before I even go there, I wanna share something with you that I think that most everyone listening to this will be able to relate to. And that is growing up, whether it was your mom, your grandma, whoever, whatever the mature person was that was around you, the person considered the elder, we probably all remember being told something, whatever that thing may be. Um, I don't know, let me pick something silly that, that I could think of. Don't chew with your mouth open, right? Let's say that you kept hearing, don't chew with your mouth open. Or, I, nope, that's not good enough. Let's say something about don't don't put too much food in your mouth. Don't don't chew with your mouth full, right? You know, because you hear, well, you could choke, you could dish, you could that. They get, they'll give you all these different stories about why you shouldn't do that, right? And you'll hear it a gazillion different ways from a gazillion different people. It's to the point where when you're chewing with your mouth full, and somebody comes with that story, immediately you go on a wah, 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 wah. You're not even listening to the words that are coming out of their mouth because you hear it so much. But then as time goes on, someone else may come and say the exact same thing that you've been hearing, five years, 10 years, whatever. And that person says that same thing in a way where it plucks at you and you're like, you know what? That is right, because I could choke. 
then you might even be silly enough to go back to your mama who's been telling you that. And she'd be like, I've been telling you that your whole, they say it to you and it's like, this is the first time that they said it. To, I've been telling you that and it, you know, that's a silly example, but I hope you get where I'm going with this. What I'm saying is that throughout the course of life, repetition, a lot of the times, is what is needed even when we're rearing children even ourselves if we think about the uh, out of the course of our life how many things uh we heard at different times and it hit a different way because of where it was coming from well i want to say this when it comes to crafting your manuscript it doesn't matter if you think that you may share something that you've heard before yeah you know it's we're not reinventing the wheel the human experience is one where although we're individuals and there are some nuances to the things that we experience because all of our, our uh, pathways are different the people that we're interacting with and intersecting with that's different so yes there are going to be some elements to each one of our lives that are no question unique different all right but the human experience is one where there are so many similarities because I don't care what situation you've been through or how many different people you've dealt with. The circumstances may be different, but how we felt throughout the course of whatever we experienced, that's something that's pretty much the same. Example, everybody has at some point in time felt afraid. You felt wronged. You felt embarrassed. All right. You may have felt as though um, you were the victim of a situation. Y you know, whatever descriptive word you can come up with that includes emotion, whatever, we can all relate to feeling the same way about things, even if it wasn't for the same reason. This is the reason why people lending their unique perspective and voice to those feelings is so very important. You may tell your story that's similar to a hundred other people's, but the way you tell it, how you're able to convey your emotions, how you navigated that, how you were able to reconnect after that situation happened, not only to yourself from within, but to the outside world. Because sometimes we can have situations that are so traumatic that it's hard just to show up. A lot of the times our embarrassment, our shame, our own personal judgment can be something that we wear on our sleeve. It's kind of like we feel like everybody can see. Even though you're going into a place where you know nobody knows you, you don't know them, <laughs> you know? But you still feel exposed. You can still feel exposed sometimes, you know? So sharing your story, your perspective in the way that you would is going to pluck at someone who resonates with your journey. Even though we all have all felt the same thing, someone can tell a story about their experience. And even though you felt that way, you might not even think about it because the way they tell it is so distasteful to you. Or, or even if it's not distasteful, it's just not something that resonates with you. Their perspective, their way of being, their thought process, those things may not connect. But then you hear something very similar coming from someone else and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we like peas and carrots. And I never thought that peas and carrots thing made sense, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because a lot of people do. Speaking of which, I'm just gonna scroll just a minute. I cannot stand mixed vegetables that's got the peas and carrots. Now for all of y'all out there to do that and put some butter on it and some Lowry's and you think it's okay, I'm gonna let you know it's not, okay? And don't be sending me no emails telling me nothing about, well, how you do yours, I don't care how you do it i'm just telling you you shouldn't but back to my story 
I used to hate when my mother did that to me. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But let me go on here and get back on track. But anyway, that's the reason why talking about the uniqueness of your voice, the uniqueness of your journey, you trusting that this is not a game of comparison when it comes to telling your story. This is all about oneness. And this is all about you unapologetically allowing your truth to be your truth, to allow it to land. And once it lands, whoever's not feeling it doesn't matter. Only the people that it resonates with, they matter. Those folks are your fans. Those folks are your readers. Those folks are the people that you're going to be having your conversations with, where you're going to be signing your books, where you're going to be taking pictures. And for those of you who say, I'm not Terrilyn, girl, I'm not trying to go that route. I don't want people all up. I ain't trying to do no book signings and tours and all of that. I'm not trying to do it. Cool. Cool. It's not about that. You don't have to do all of that. You can get this story out of you just because it would be an accomplishment for you, for you to be able to sit back and receive your very own book. So you can say that, yes, I am an author, no matter what the end game is. It still is important if that's something that's on your chest, the saying, this is something I need to do. It's something important that you should do. And I'm going to do my doggone near best to make that happen. So <laughs> without further ado, let's go ahead and glide right into talking about your unique voice and how it matters in this episode entitled, You Are What They Need. So when I think about how phenomenal our personal individual value is, and man, just watching that develop and come across in the story, typically when I'm having conversations with clients and we're trying to cross that threshold of all of the different things they come to me with that are already cluttered in their mind. And it's it's too many things to list here, but there are four areas of affliction that I'm, most, I'm always dealing with, most always dealing with in order for me to have them allow a space for me to get in there <laughs> and to help to sort through the ball of yarn in their mind. So the, the four areas that I typically deal with are the ones that I'm going to talk about today and add a little bit of spiritual context to because it's important to have these out there and in the atmosphere before I give you some of the potent tips that I'm going to give you for storytelling. So those four areas happen to be, well, we'll start with number one, of course, <laughs> the benefit of adversity and specifically when it comes to actually creating that space for you to be able to write, to get this story out. Wouldn't it be great if life would just pause for a vision in our calling, our calling, but it doesn't, it doesn't. Adversity is always there and it takes many different forms. And so I'm going to share with you um, some spiritual context for this as well. The second one is going to be the grasp at glory. Now, the reason why I think talking about a little bit about glory, adding some spiritual context for that is so important because a lot of the times when we think of the word glory, well, I know some of us do, when you think about glory, there's this bright, beautiful, at least I see brightness, <laughs> ending of that space 
where glory would be, if we're taking it and imagining what that space would be like, once we're able to get to the end of the manuscript, getting to that bright space of glory. But before you get to the glory at the end of the story, there's all those things that come before. You have the adversity at number one, and then with the adversity can come feelings of suffering. And the labor could be even with, and I, I liken it to labor because with me being a woman, I, and I know for you men it might be different, but I don't know. You're dealing with a woman that's pregnant and she going through labor. You may as well be going through it too because you, yeah, yeah, it's not easy. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I'm not going to start with y'all today. I'm going to try not to. But the pains that can be associated with the weight of adversity can start to feel like it's labor pains throughout the process of getting to create this story. I mean, because there is a process. I talked before about creating a consistent space daily for writing, being able to rise above the mindset of having writer's block, because that actually is, I've learned that actually is a mindset. Writer's block doesn't have to be a block, but all of these different things can make that adversity feel like spaces of suffering or labor. But when you grasp at glory, there's another way to look at that. We're going to visit that too. And then this, I think, this next piece, number three, is so very important. Making the invisible visible. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great if there are so many different areas, uh, if there were many areas within our life, not so many, many areas within our life where we could do that? I know for me, that's something that is still a challenge on and off. Ah, man, I'm a visual person. I need to be able to see. But life doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. He works best in the unknown. But there is a way to make the invisible visible. And I'm going to add some spiritual context for that. And then finally, number four, pain and profit. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, not profit in the way that you're thinking. Because, you know, we think about profit in terms of it being all about the Benjamins. But profit when we're speaking in a spiritual context is completely and totally different. I'm talking about what about the value of the story that you plan to share being your personal value on paper, right? So let's go ahead and get into it. Going back to the benefit of adversity, that takes me to, makes me think about Isaiah chapter 30 verses 20 through 21. It goes a little something like this. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Now, anytime you're listening to this and you're here because you're like, yes, I'm a, I'm a prospective author. I'm trying to get this thing going. And you have all of these different layers. Let's connect to what brought you to this space in the first place. And that is because you believe, you feel there's a presence within you. You have seen, maybe even in your dreams or imagine what it's going to be, the story that you're going to tell. You know that this is something that you're supposed to be doing. Yet there are so many things that stand in the way, some external, a lot internal. You know, at the end of the day, this passage or these passages in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 20 through 21, what is letting you know is when your ears hear that word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You must understand that that adversity serves a purpose. Anytime that voice is saying to walk, 
that's because there's a covering for you that you may not be able to see. All you know is what you felt and what you heard about this particular endeavor. But there are coverings that you cannot see that will be revealed when there's motion. So then adding on to that, that grasp for glory, that move beyond suffering takes me to Romans chapter 8, verse 18, where it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall, which shall be revealed in us. Let me say that again. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I know from personal experience, having authored my own works, having contributed to the works of others, having supported various authors in their journeys with their works, that that process, if it does nothing, it reveals some, something in each and every author that goes through the process. And that's the point. We all hear about uh, refinement throughout the course of our lives. And if anybody, and I, you know, I know you all know what the refinement process is. If there's someone who's listening, because I never want to assume <laughs> that uh, someone is familiar. I have listeners of, of all ages. But if you're familiar with that process and you Google and get that process, it is pretty brutal. We, we talk about that, but let's not forget about what the gift is, that connection to glory, the things that are revealed in us through that process. These things are the things that I want each and every one of you listening to hold on to. And even if you're not someone listening because you're actually authoring a book or you're, you're going through the process of writing your manuscript, listen, we go throughout this life as creators in most everything that we do in some way. And the creative process, a lot of the times can be stifled. It can be knocked off course. It can be that creative flame can be extinguished if we're not careful because of external and internal factors that we allow to pull us away from our greatness and our gifting. Keeping in mind that all of these things serve, all of the things that are challenging, all of the things that are hurtful, all of the things that are distracting, all of the things that prove to be expensive. Heck, sometimes distractions cost us money, cost us time, cost us relationships. All of those things are meant to reveal something in us. And so the context for a lot of the things that we experience, that we allow to take us off track sometime because we don't have context. Remembering this context can have us to be able to look at that thing and navigate it a little bit differently. But while we're navigating that differently, what if we could see the invisible? Let's move on to number three. That takes me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, where it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, for our light affliction, which is but a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and external weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Y'all, that's the thing that we forget. When we understand that we are going to kind of move toward 
what we're used to in this flesh. We're used to being able to see tangible items for comfort, for direction, for a sense of trust and assurance in ourselves or maybe even in other people. We're so used to the five senses having to be uh, affixed to everything that we do. We're used to leading in flesh. But what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 is doing is reminding us that the power that we possess is activated when we choose to look in spirit first. When we understand that the things that we don't see are the things that are more powerful than anything that we do see and they are forever. They are eternal. And so that context is extremely important when we talk about writing because there could be some times where if the items that I mentioned beforehand are not relevant to you, where if you craft that time for you to write, if you craft that time for you to create, if you craft that time for you to research, if you craft that time for you to work on this piece, work on this manuscript, and, and not just your manuscript, if there's time that you set aside in your life because there's something that you need to address and you need to become to become connected to, consistent with, uh, you need to become disciplined with. You set aside the time and then now it could just be a feeling. Maybe you're extremely sleepy that day, or maybe you can't seem to move the distractions from your mind. It's like there's an invisible force that is pulling you away. Kind of like for those of you out there who have said, you know what, I'm going to be consistent with my daily bread talking about your Bible. And you say that I'm going to do some studying. I'm going to make sure that I'm spending more time in this. And as soon as you sit in front of that Bible, you can't keep your eyes open. I mean, you were just booming with, with all of this energy when you was getting your snack, finding your highlighters, whatever it is that you do. I still use my app sometime. I, I highlight with that too, but whatever. <laughs> You're getting yourself ready to do this. And now all of a sudden you can't seem to focus or you're tired or understand that that reaction is one that is a spiritual reaction that fatigue is in spirit and so that is what spiritual warfare is that is an attack from the enemy on something that you're doing that's going to be freeing the best way to circumvent that is to go to the spirit in the exact same way maybe pause in that moment of feeling fatigue or distraction and go into prayer or read a scripture or just take some time to get some air, clear your mind. In moments like that, I'll, I'll take uh, 30 minutes and I'll do a workout. You know, I'll get sweaty, get showered, come back to it. Understanding that what is invisible is eternal. And a lot of the times just connecting to what is invisible and walking through life, manipulating. <laughs> this is the one time I think manipulation is good. Manipulating in your body to be able to do the things that you wanted to do by uh, referring to the spirit. I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do. All right. So then finally, moving on to the last item, number four, when I talked about pain and profit, the value of your story is your personal value on paper or on audio, whatever medium you're going to choose for this project. That takes me to James chapter one, verses two through four, where we talk about um, where there is talk about profiting from trials. It goes like this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is all about not just this journey with this work, 
that you want to do as an author. Not just whatever journey you have on in your you have going on in your life, because again, you can take these concepts and practically apply them to many different facets of your being, many different ways in which you're living. You know, understanding that this process is so very important. And it's one where if you're looking to complete this, to not only find some peace within your journey and the things that you plan to share, if it's going to be a piece where you're going to be teaching, if it's going to be a piece where you're just sharing your story, no matter how you intend to use the piece, understanding that the process that you're going through, the testing of your faith during this, the testing of how you're going to show up when it comes to uh, the things around you that are invisible. Are you going to go to that space of spirit to make them visible in the spirit world? Are you gonna do some spiritual warfare when you see things come up against you, fatigue, distractions, other people, and their things? What are you gonna do to circumvent how you can be taken off course? What are you going to do when it comes time to connect to glory and how that direct connection to glory in during your process of this story is all about revealing something special in you that you probably hadn't considered before, but you know you've been wanting. You've been wanting that thing. What if this is the process to get you there? What if this is that prayer that you've been sending out into the atmosphere? What if this is the answer? What if this process is that answer that you're looking for? What if the benefits that you get from the adversity within this change your life because for once whatever some of the things that you're grappling with now maybe they've they're things that have been going on for a while what if this puts those things to bed and gets you ready for your next level in your life takes you up to that next rung which is the ladder of your life these are some things i want you to think about uh, as we start to talk about some of the different tips that I want to give you when it comes to storytelling because hey there's more to writing than just <laughs> sitting and I know you guys know this there's more to completing your manuscript and getting your story out of you than just writing it there's a way in which you need to do that which you should consider doing that to keep your readers plugged in not only to this project but to other things that you may have to come so in just a moment I'm going to glide right into those potent tips for storytelling, as well as some necessary skills that skilled storytellers have and that I would like for you to acquire along your journey. So now that we've addressed some of the mindset challenges that uh, a lot of us face, and listen, nothing that I share on this show is just all-encompassing. There are so many things that I could talk about. So many other uh, challenges, pitfalls, whatever you want to call it, that I could talk about. But that was what was on my chest for today because I see those a lot. So now it's time to get into some tips that I want to share with you when it comes to potent storytelling tactics. These you should definitely consider keeping in mind as you sit down and think about how to approach writing your story, beginning your manuscript. Now, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the importance of knowing what the end game is. If you know where you want your readers to land, then you can kind of work backwards to fill in some of the details. This helps you to sift through all of the different aspects of things that you want to share to pull out what's going to be pertinent for this particular story. 
story. As I've said before, we have hundreds, thousands, I believe even hundreds of thousands of stories, poems, content. We are just walking pieces, portals, wells, if you will, of content. We have so much within us, but it's so important to allow yourself the latitude to create, but refining and defining that scope of how you create. And so it's not just about sharing whatever it is that you want to share. There's an art to this. There's a way in which you want to do it because after you share, there are folks receiving and you don't want to just do your information in a way where your thoughts are disconjointed. The reader may not be able to get your point. Not only that, you don't want to be boring. You know, you definitely don't want to be boring. And you you want to, especially if you have other projects that you want to do beyond this particular one, you want to leave the reader with an experience where they're excited about what you're going to do next, where they're going on Amazon and they're following your author profile that you've created. And if you, you know, you haven't gotten there yet, that's cool. I'll do some episodes on, on different things like that as well. But let's go ahead and get right into these tips that I want to share with you. Now, this one right here, number one on the list, because I'm going to share nine with you. Number one on the list, you read anything of mine, I do this all the time. And I think that, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in grab them right at the gate. Number one is start where the action is. Have you ever read something where folks are spending a whole bunch of time setting the scene, building up, blah, 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 blah. And you get two, three chapters in and you're like, what the freaking heck before you even get to the action? No, 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 no. I believe start right where the action is. Pull them in, reel them, have them like, hold up. Wait a minute. Now, I ain't know this was going to be like this you know that's what you want to do that's the experience that you would want to have so i highly recommend creating an atmosphere within your piece that's something that you would not only love to read but that would keep your attention and that's also uh doing that um will help you to keep in mind that what you're writing has a lot of meaning to you you have to create that experience for your reader because they didn't have the experience that you had and i think a lot of the times writers there are so much that new writers leave out because they assume that folks are going to feel what they felt see what they saw and have the experience that they had nope we have to create that for them. So that's number one. Number two, you have to have a point. When I talked about having the end in mind, that's something that works for me. Now, keep in mind, everything that I share on here, and I think you guys already know this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Anything that I share on here is from my perspective as a creator. But of course, some of the things that I share, because we're all individuals, you may find that if you start where it is that I shared with you here on air, you might take different elements and move them around and twist it and, and make it your own. By all means, do that. What I share is just a starting point for you. As you start the writing process, or even if you've already started, you hear this and say, you know what? I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I think I might want to go back and read what I've uh, written already and maybe do some revising, switching things around. That's cool too. You know, so of course, any information that you get, not just for me, any place else, keep in mind that that's their experience, their perspective. But by all means, if you try it exactly the way that it's presented and moving things around would be a better fit, do that. But Number two, have a point. If you have the end in mind and you work your way backwards, let's say you 
have 10 chapters. And you're always going to hear me talking about 10 chapters because that seems to be a nice round number. I actually haven't had any projects that were less than that, um, that were books. I've had, you know, less than that in other things, but not books. Um, if you know what your point is going to be, either per chapter or even section, lots of times uh, books can be broken down for the creative process into different sections. For example, a 10 chapter book can have three sections each comprised of three different chapters and then maybe 10 would close out the book just for an example if you have your point in mind then you're not just giving information and having your reader not know what belongs where and why that's going to disrupt the experience that the reader is having number three edit 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 down details you don't want to be too long-winded in explaining whatever it is that you're trying to explain or conveying whatever it is that you're trying to convey Again, a lot of details will have meaning for you, but you always want to keep in mind that who are you writing this for? What experience do you want them to have? What do you want the takeaway to be? And what do you want them to be left with? All right. Number four, bring the emotion. Yes. Now this is one of my favorite things. I'm a very descriptive writer and I'm so talented. Not only, you know, I hate to toot my own horn, but then again, I don't because all praises and glory goes to Yah. It ain't me. It's not me. But I love the fact that I'm gifted at being able to convey that emotion and put the right words in place to create that atmosphere. However, there are some writers who struggle with being able to just let go and let their truth be. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. And so in order to bring emotion, it's a challenge. But again, remember what the scriptures that I shared before, we, we, um, the focus for us should be on getting our truth out unapologetically and just allowing that to happen. And keep in mind, you know, I say write freely. And then when you're dealing with your editor and the process uh, of, of getting your book, your, your manuscript, going through the process of refining that and getting it ready for your book to actually go to print. Some of these things you can revisit later, even before you get it to the editor. But just allow yourself to be and then see what comes of it when you're done. You'd be surprised at how amazing the process can be when you do that. Number five, introduce conflict. Now listen, with the type of stories that I support authors in telling, there's always a space of conflict. And when you're starting where the action is, going in that place where you're introducing the conflict is so very important. Think about what it is that you want your readers to connect to. If you're telling a story that has to do with your own personal experience, again, you're going to hear me speaking from that a lot because nonfiction is all I do. So if you're telling a story that's coming from your own personal experience uh, in whatever setting, it could be within work, it could be if you're a coach or whatever it is that you do, your readers are going to connect to the imperfections within you, the way in which you you navigated, um, you perceived, you saw what you were going through, and then how you processed that. Introducing that conflict allows the reader to become one and have that space in which they say, you know what, I can identify with this person. Go in on that part. Go in on that part and really get them emotionally immersed in what that experience was like for you. And that's one of the, the 
I love that part more than anything. Helping to develop a story and getting into that conflict is so juicy. Make it juicy, y'all. Make it juicy. But then number six, at the same time, keep it simple. Sometimes during the writing process, there are some of us who can be rather wordy. I'm going to tell you something from my personal experience and, and not just as a ghostwriter and a writer in my own right, but in reading and receiving some works, too many words and, and folks digging in to just have this extremely complicated vocabulary. It takes away, in my opinion, from the work. It takes away, you know, I don't, I don't want I, I have a nice vocabulary myself, but I've had pieces where I had to literally pull out my phone and look that up because I didn't know what they was talking about. I mean, you could figure it out, but then you're like, why did they use that word? They could have just used something else. And I think that that type of thing, some people just, they just communicate in that way, which is fine. I'm not, you know, different strokes for different folks, but for these types of writings, I find it much more gratifying to the reader to be able to sift through all of that and get to the bottom line. And it really connects them to you and what it is that you're trying to convey. Number seven, you or anyone else, if you're going, well, of course you, you're going to be one of the primary people or characters in your book, or, or maybe not. Maybe you might write your book from the perspective of using characters as opposed to yourself. Give everyone some layers, give them opinions, not just people that you're writing about with different things that they're doing, but the different mindsets, the different facets, that's the thing that allows readers to really be able to connect to each individual. And then now you have more of like a, a three-dimensional experience, if you will, for the reader, especially if there are multiple uh, characters or people that you're using within your story. Number eight, practice, 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 practice. If you believe that writing a manuscript is a, is just a, a one-shot thing, even for the best writers, typically not. There's always editing. There's always ways in which things are uh, refined. Some things taken out, some things put in. You have some works that are better than others, and there's really no order to that. You can always have, a, let's say you might have your first book that just is just slamming. you like, absolutely, yes. And you think that everyone's going to be slamming like that. Well, they may not be, <laughs> you know, and that's because skill and talent with writing is one thing, but a lot of the times uh, your writings are a reflection of where you are in the moment and what you're sharing in the moment. So these things ebb and flow. Our creativity ebbs and flows, our experiences ebb and flow. Um, the way in which we deliver that content, the energy, the space that we're in at the time that we're sharing that content, all of those things ebb and flow. So that means that uh, your writings are going to ebb and flow just as you do. And there's a maturity process that goes along with that. So practice makes perfect, even if it's not pieces that you plan to uh, publish. I'm always practicing when it comes to writing, not just in working with people, but I'm also a, a poet and a spoken word artist. So in some way, shape or form, I'm continuously honing that skill for writing. And the more you do it, not only do you come uh, become more proficient at the process, but you're creating a space of uh, discipline within your life. Whereas in the beginning, you might have to kind of pull teeth <laughs> with yourself to 
quiet your mind or quiet your environment or, or get yourself set to write after a while it just becomes a natural part of what you do for those of you who are gym rats you understand that uh, once you start to work out for a while your body calls for it some days you may not feel like it but your body is like you better get up listen because you know what we do writing can become the same way with you so practice 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 number nine read listen watch and learn writing is not something that for me has been inside of a bubble I, I didn't know that this is where I would be professionally in terms of what it is that I do today but because I've always had a love for writing self-expression and storytelling it's always been something um writing has always been something that I've stayed connected to and reading the writings of others, listening to the writings of others, watching the things that are going on, putting myself in spaces where I can learn, be it different uh, workshops that you can drop into. I still like to do things live when it comes to, to writing and then even um, keeping my brain sharp with, uh, you know, we call it in Chicago with poetry, spitting some of my pieces, different things like that. It's good to immerse yourself in spaces that's going to help you to be challenged, going to help you to grow and going to help you to expand the way in which you look at your own writing, the way you may present your own writing, and even help you to hone in on what your style of writing is going to be. All of those things require you creating a space within your life where you make writing more than about what you're doing personally. You let writing be a part of who you are. All right. So that's that. But now I want to talk about before I get out of here with you today, I said I was going to tell you about some necessary skills for storytellers. You have those nine tips there that I hope you're able to chew on and really, you know, apply them to what it is that you're doing. And keep in mind, anything that you ever hear on here, you're never alone. Uh-uh. No, you're not. <laughs> All you have to do is reach out to me, shoot me an email, connect at thegrinddefined.com, or you can actually schedule a complimentary session with me where we can talk about uh, what's going on with your project, whether or not a blueprint would be something that would work for you. I could tell you more about that, but um, these necessary skills when it comes to, to storytelling are something that some may be uh, uh, applicable to you, maybe not. But I still think that they're good to share because it gives you a different way to think about the process of storytelling. So I have four of them, all right? And uh, they're, these skills that storytellers have, these are some of the things that they typically have in common. And if you're missing one of the four, I don't think that they're actually missing. I think sometimes we just have to uh, connect to and wake up <laughs> some things within us. But storytellers tend to be rather decisive. Oh yeah, there is a, a method to their madness. I don't know for me, there's definitely a method to my mass, my madness. Look at me, I'm all tongue-tied and stuff. <laughs> y'all, y'all know how I get. You just got to deal with it. But being decisive is so very important because, again, with all of the content that we have within us and all of the content that we connect to, just in the world around us, having a space in which you know that you know and you're going to execute based on that until something else comes along that tells you otherwise is so very important number two is going to be vulnerability listen as much as you all hate vulnerability you talking about writing you need that in your life that's what makes folks connect to and stay connected to the works that you do 
Absolutely. I talked about bring emotion in number four when I was giving you the uh, nine tips for some potent storytelling. That vulnerability piece, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. So very important to allow your readers into that space. Actually, think about different things that you've consumed, different works that you've consumed. If it was a blog post, a book, even if you're listening to something, this podcast, spaces of authenticity and vulnerability are uh, spaces that other human beings connect to and they stay connected. It's kind of like a food food for the soul, food for the mind, food for the heart. So, and not only that, I've learned that allowing myself to go to those spaces of vulnerability proved to be some of the most freeing spaces for me. The more you allow yourself to tap into those spaces of vulnerability, the easier it becomes and the stronger you become because what you get back for allowing people into that space is so much more valuable than having that door closed to others. Typically, number three, skilled uh, storytellers tend to be skilled leaders. When you're in that space of telling a story, you are in that space of ushering people into an atmosphere, an existence, a way of being that they will have never visited before. Because even if they've seen something similar, they hadn't gotten it from you. And so, so skilled leaders tend to be great storytellers and it's a wonderful skill to have. So I believe that all of us are created to be leaders in our area of gifting. This is an opportunity for you to really be able to hone in and sharpen that space in which you were created to shine. And then finally, they're concise. Yeah. What else can I say about that? Being decisive, vulnerable, concise, and a skilled leader, these four areas of being are typically what great storytellers have. They're, they're, um, it makes it so much more fruitful for the reader when these things you're taking into, these skills you're taking into your process for storytelling. All right, all right, so that is it. <laughs> for content today. If you haven't already, you already know what to do. Log on to thegrinddefined.com and click on feed so you can follow me, but fret not. You don't have to go to thegrinddefined.com to connect to me. Any major app that you listen to, Spotify, Apple, uh, I don't know, Pandora, iHeart, you name it, you can get me there. Just search The Grind Defined Podcast. Make sure you follow me and click that notification bell so you can be updated when I upload. But you know what? There's more. If you like what it is that you're hearing, do me a favor. Check me out on iTunes. Leave me a review. Let folks know what you think and share this show. Please, oh, please, oh, please share because you know what? Not only that, you guys, I can't thank you enough for making the grind to find in the top 5% of podcast globally. That's huge. That's huge. I can't thank you guys enough for that. And it's because you're sharing what it is that you're listening to. So continue to do that for me, please. I, You know, it, it feels wonderful to be able to be a resource and support to the walking stories out there around the world. And even before I decided to make this pivot with the Grind Defined, just the information that I've shared up until this point, the atmosphere, it's so very gratifying for me. And it's the way in which I serve. And I'm just um, humbled and honored to have you as a listener and to have your support 
support and I would love to have much much more of you here with me all right all right in the meantime in between time go into the rest of this Friday and the weekend knowing that your story is yet to be told it's time for you to be bold to step forward if you need me you know how to get in touch with me but know that exactly where you are with everything that you've experienced thus far you are more than enough in fact you're just that piece that's missing for someone else who has yet to experience your story no matter what always define your grind and never let the grind define you until next time this is Terrell and michelle here peace and abundant blessings Thank you.